everyone, and welcome back to Book Events, the wrestling dream match podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Martin Bennett. With me, as always, is the Helsinki Hellraiser, Anthony Hall. Oh, God. What? Oh, my God. Who is the Helsinki Hellraiser? You, you many, have no clue. <laughs> how many Finnish wrestlers have there been in the promotions? Oh. Just for the sake of time. There's our, our guest is indicating to me one and I, uh, I, I figured I figured they would know who this is. So I, I simply have no I idea. Just hit me with the name. Hit me with it's, the name. It is the one, the only Ludwig Borga. All right. Well, <laughs> you know, I knew I needed obscure, to go deep on this the obscurity one. of that really helps tee off this uh <laughs> monumental episode of book of vince so Marty, i'm not gonna got... explain i'm not gonna explain who this is because i'd rather talk about it with our guests because it'll be interesting to okay. know if they know all these things but anyways <laughs> it's our 50th an- episode anthony yeah i can't believe we've made it uh we we started Wild. this thing in the heat of the pandemic and we are going to continue this thing in the heat of the pandemic cheers so, <laughs> oh man uh this is gonna be a crazy one uh i think oh, i have no clue what's all, gonna happen all of the episodes <laughs> that we have done up until this point have been preparing us possibly for this moment um <laughs> so i am going to uh set it up we're gonna bring in our guest please welcome wrestler actor craftsman the bee's knees and the family feud fast money winner his majesty rj city thank you i think i think wrestler should be presented with quotation marks around it <laughs> first of I all do, wrestler in concept only i yes. do honestly <laughs> rj i do honestly love that you use the the like slogan your favorite wrestler you've never seen wrestle <laughs> it wasn't even like i didn't even use it people say it like all yeah. the time they're like oh i saw your stuff and but i don't haven't seen any of your stuff I, I basically I'll, only exist on Twitter. I will 100% admit it. I've never seen you wrestle. And I and would I'm suggest okay you, you keep it that way. <laughs> That's not true. RJ, I have seen you wrestle. Uh, you did lose to a man who was on a, legenda- a legendary losing streak. Uh, but it was great. <laughs> yes. That, I'm like Frank Zappa. Where you're That's like, a great way you to describe think he's it. He's cool and whatever. Like, cool. Like, don't listen to him, though. Yep. You think he'll be like, ah, like nobody really listens oh, to that's, him. That's what Frank's. Okay. Yeah. People like that. that. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I get it. I get the idea. I'm sure he's very smart. He's a good musician. He just hasn't made oh, any yeah. good songs. Um, <laughs> but let's get back to business. You were talking about, let me see if I can nail this down. Real name Tony Halm, H A L M E. Yeah. Yep. That's Ludwig Borg's real name. Yes. He was a, a wrestler, but also a MMA fighter and politician, if I'm correct. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's almost like you're reading the wiki that I'm looking at right now. <laughs> yes. Strange, <laughs> strange life. So it's, it's, no, yeah, for sure. But what it caught me was I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just pick this because it sounds like a, a 90s wrestler. And sure enough, when I looked it up, yeah, uh, 
was in New Japan from 90 to 93, won the tag team championships, and then was in WWF from 90 to 94, and ended, uh, where was it? Uh, Tatanka's Tatanka's, uh, undefeated streak. Correct. And I believe he debuted against a post-rockers Marty Jannetty. And my favorite thing about post-rockers Marty Jannetty is that he added the tassels to his outfit that Sean gave up. Really? Oh, yeah. Like he just had more tassel. Like he just like (laughs) was really tasseled out more than before. He's like, I don't need another guy. I can have all these tassels myself. And uh, Ludwig has the budget now. There's there's these promos of him just shitting on America like pre. Oh, yeah. Bret Hart, where, you know, he's a foreign heel, but he's making reasonable points. <laughs> um, and he's he's walking uh, by a river. And I believe the quote is you call this the land of milk and honey. Well, down here, it stinks funny. <laughs> You, you're going to have to look that up. I don't want to misquote <laughs> the man, but that's pretty close to what it was. And his finishing that's move great. was he would he would kind of press you up like a like a flapjack and punch you in the stomach on the way down. Oh, OK. <laughs> yep. Well, what I was mean, that maneuver called? I would love to know. I mean, before uh, before we started and I was just looking him up, I uh, um. I watched a match between him and Lex Luger in 93 that had no commentary. Um, (laughs) So it was very, it's weird watching a like in person watching a wrestling match is one thing watching it like on TV, but with no commentary is so weird. You know, I always, cause when I watch the few matches I've had, when I watch them back, I go, Oh my God, these look horrible compared to like stuff on TV. But then like you have to add in the camera cuts and the Mm -hmm. commentary like that. Most of my indie matches, the sound is not mixed correctly. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like this is none of this. I'm never going to enjoy any of these. Um, But I will also say the name. What is it? Helsinki Hellraiser? Yeah. The term Hellraiser is really undone by how adorable phonetically Helsinki sounds. It's Helsinki. true. It's a, like it's too cute. Very cute. Yeah, yeah. very, very cute. I never and looked at it that way. That was really his undoing, in my opinion. So, Anthony, so, uh, uh, the yeah. the finishing maneuver is called the well, there's two here. It doesn't seem like either of these are the one that that RJ was talking about. It at least on pro wrestling fandom, it's backbreaker rack and leaping clothesline, sometimes from the top rope. Oh, interesting oh i gotta the man has a a secret finisher now martin you and i (laughs) have never met before correct no that is true but uh, anthony was sweet enough we've we've done some comedy shows together and Mm -hmm. then you were sweet enough to be a part of me and dalton's uh, two-man comedy quote-unquote spectacular and it was spectacular one one of the highlights of um my pre-pandemic comedy career for sure yes and that yeah that all came together it was a favor to dalton i needed an opponent last minute and i was like for for destiny wrestling i was like i think i can get dalton and i messaged him like hey i need whatever like do you want to come and he's like fine but only if we can do a comedy show the next day 
So I was like, okay. I was like, okay. no problem. Done and done. And <laughs> the next day was Thanksgiving Monday, Canadian Thanksgiving. I was like, oh, no. Oh, but boy. It worked out well. Uh, Janelle Dennis was on it, Michelle Coburn, Nug, mm. of course. And you did a good improv tag team with him. Yeah, that was great. We got to play some short form games. And I think a couple weeks after when I went to Greek town, uh, there was just some guy in the crowd that was like, Hey, you were at the comedy show with RJ. And I was like, Oh yeah. And that was the first time anyone had ever recognized me for my comedy. So <laughs> thank you. There you go. I will tell yeah. you like wrestling fans, like people who come to comedy shows because they're wrestling fans and they saw me or nug or whoever you can tell. You can look at it in the audience and go, you are not familiar with, because they're too comfortable heckling. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's really hard. Like you've, and you've done two strikes together, Jason, like the wrestling version. Yeah. It's almost impossible sometimes. Oh yeah. Uh, they, they bury me almost instantly. Yeah. Uh, no matter what I do. Like if I have a, just like properly fleshed out character bit where I do, <laughs> a horrible impersonation of one of my faves of the time, they'll immediately just shut it down. Yeah. Um, my only successful time winning them over was, uh, I think one of the first wrestling two strikes I did, which is a, a wrestling uh, short form improv uh, competition show uh, for all of our listeners. Um, I, I did a heel turn at the end because I lost and I took off the shirt that I was wearing and I was wearing a John Cena shirt. And famously, the comedy bar owner, Gary Rida, cosplays as John Cena during the show. So everyone just started cheering for me. And it was the <laughs> one and only time I ever won them over. Uh, wrestling fans, <laughs> especially at a comedy show, they're like, a, it's a plane full of people who should be kicked off a plane. <laughs> They're all they're a collection of every person that you're just like, I hope the stewardess just says, get off the plane, sir, please. <laughs> yeah, everybody every out. <laughs> yeah. Wrestling fans already when they're at an indie or at any wrestling event are trying to get over and put it and they're trying to get mm. themselves over. But when you put them in a comedy show, it's like they almost have incentive now to get over so they can be yeah. the funniest person in the room. And they have and no oh. no concept of like. You know, let's say they heckle, then there's a comeback and it's great and people laugh, a fun exchange, and then they don't know like that's the end of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, great, we had this moment. Yeah, but it's a nice sociological experiment. It's that's definitely right. wrestling uh, fans are like one of two ilks where it's either they are very socially awkward because all of the shows that I've ever been to, it's like you either see the people that are just sitting there and they're like, I came here to watch wrestling because I like wrestling. And then mm. and they don't know like when to like really cheer or like get involved. They're just like, I'm here to watch the show because I like wrestling. And then you have the people <laughs> who are that where they're just like, this is my time to be absolutely obnoxious and loud yes. because I can. <laughs> uh, my other theory shit. is... Mm that audiences are better when the lights are off. Yeah, because when the lights are on, as they are in mm -hmm. most indie shows, they have very uh, community center lighting. Sometimes mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't want to see the other like the the audience, especially when they're all visible, will just be quiet to listen to the loudest fan, yeah. you know, and then that personal heckle and whatever. When they're all off, 
there's a little more, I guess, secrecy to it or anonymity and they can act together. Yeah. You know, and it's almost like being at a party or being at a nightclub with all the lights on. No one would want to dance or socialize. <laughs> with all the lights on, you can see yeah. everything. Because yeah. <laughs> there is a little bit of, you know, inherent embarrassment in being a wrestling fan. So having oh, the lights off, I think, you know, helps. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like sex. <laughs> As it were. <laughs> all right. Let's get let's get to it, RJ. What yeah. uh, fantasy booking have you brought to us on this fiftieth episode of oh. Book It, Vince? Anthony so is the one is... who is Anthony is the one who's <laughs> really in the rings here. <laughs> this I'm is surprised. a little more, I would say, Book It, Vince Senior. Oh, okay. Good. I That's think this funny. is how we're going. So, Legends <laughs> has it in 1979. Andy Kaufman was always hanging around Madison Square Garden at the wrestling shows, hanging. This is kind of how he befriended Freddie Blassie and Lou Albano and all those kinds of people. And he pitched to Vince Sr. Let me do some wrestling. At the time, I think he was doing the, oh, I wrestle women as part of his comedy. But he said, let's let's do this. Like, I think we can do a thing. And Vince Sr. was like, absolutely not. No, I like, I'm sorry, but no. And then I believe it was wrestling photographer and writer George Napolitano who said, hey, why don't you go to Memphis? I'm sure they would be happy to have you. And that's when he got hooked up with Jimmy Hart and Jerry the King Lawler. Mm. But I always think about what if Vince Sr. had said yes. Oh, boy. (laughs) Because he serves it up really on a platter. It is kind of... I mean, I understand why Vince Sr. said no. He was also mad at Hulk Hogan for doing the Rocky movie. Right. But like Andy had done since 1979. So he's firmly established himself on Saturday Night Live and mm-hmm. Taxi. OK. And there's an interview on YouTube of Vince Jr., who's a ring announcer commentator at this time, interviewing Andy as, you know, a celebrity who's here and blah. And Andy tries to wedge in his intergender champion gimmick he's going mm. like full for it oh wow. like i'm just gonna you know, this is my camera time i'm gonna get it in yeah and vince just kind of like well good luck <laughs> like <laughs> this is not gonna happen at all man and then crazy. i was thinking you know wow in many ways andy kaufman jerry lola that whole thing was the rock and wrestling connection mm-hmm. way before it like way but five years and you can see, you know, when when Vince Jr. takes over, oh, let's bring in Mr. T yeah. and Cindy Lauper and Liberace. And <laughs> but I go, you know, what would have happened then? What's the 1979 WWE roster like? And I Jesus. realize it's it's very thin. If you want to bring it up, Martin, you can look really? at it and see and go, oh my. The top of the card is still like Bruno. Okay. Wow. So there's there's big baby face Bruno. Andre the Giant is there. Ivan Putski. And but it's primarily there's if, yeah. if, if there's a baby face champion, there's gonna be a lot of heels, right? So it's primarily Tito's like there. Yeah. Peter Maivia. Yes. Uh, Pat Patterson. 
Yes, but more than that, like the interesting part of it all is the heels. Yeah. Freddie Blassie is there. Lou Albano is there. Yeah. The Grand Wizard, the Samoans, luscious Johnny Valiant, who my theory is was the inspiration for Andy Kaufman's Tony Clifton character. Because if you watch wow. a, a luscious Johnny Valiant promo, you're like, this is just Tony Clifton. This is just a... <laughs> A slovenly belligerent man. Interesting. So, That's you know, so in my head, so if I had to look at that roster and make a super card of it, also, there's basically no women there. No, there's only Moolah. <laughs> who seems to just pop in and out sporadically when they want, you know. Yeah. She beats somebody and then probably leaves, you know, no, for a yeah. couple months. I'm looking at a, at a list of the roster. There's 37 yeah. people, and yes. literally the only woman listed is Moolah. Right. So there's no Velvet McIntyre or Wendy Richter or anyone of that nature. And when Hogan is there, he's a heel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's it's a strange time before everything that we knew. Yeah, that's so interesting. Just because to me, like what first stands out is that. Like specifically. Well, it's, I'm not I'm not as familiar as the time of with the timeline as you are, but like at the time had the culture of uh, of Kaufman, like did people think that he was crazy at that time or did it more come later where people like this guy's weird? <laughs> I think it came later and I think the wrestling in Memphis and he was also you know, when you look back, it sounds like, oh, he just wrestled Lawler once and then that was it. And they oh, did no. Letterman and that yeah. was it. He was there for like a year and a half and yeah. turned face and then turned heel again. And like he really, you know, gave it. And I'm sure his agents were like, what? Please stop this. <laughs> stop this. Oh, my God. Just so, please you know, do TV. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know if anyone outside of Memphis thought it was real at the time. Right. You know, I mean, but that was a very Memphis. He couldn't have done that stuff in New York at all. Yeah, mm. it, it's interesting. Yeah, because it's like the first sort of celebrity being brought into this world. And would people latch on to it? Would attract people? Would right. And he's know. being brought in as a heel. Mm hmm. You know, he's not likable in wrestling ever at all. So yeah. you can't you can't Mr. T him. It can't be like, oh, Hulk Hogan and Andy Kaufman. That would have been the worst team <laughs> ever. So now what that's I think the fantasy booking. <laughs> so I do think you do it the the New York style of having all angles and press and leading up to one big match. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. You know, he creates sort of an ultimate heel manager stable of him and Freddie Blassie and Lou Albano yeah. and the Grand Wizard and Johnny Valiant. And and then I think it leads into some sort of like blowout tag match, whether it's a six man or an eight man, because you're not Andy's not going to go one on one. <laughs> no, <laughs> not with some so of the I think, best. And I feel like Lou Albano could have still wrestled at this point. So I feel like mm -hmm. you have Lou Albano, the Valiants, and Andy Kaufman against Ivan Putski. <laughs> um, right. Well, I'm looking like, and Ivan Putski yeah. was. This was very like. Um, 
If there was a an immigrant neighborhood, there was a wrestler for you in New York. I mean, you look that you look that. at this roster of people, and it's like, yeah, you know who all the bad guys are because it's yeah, yeah, and you know who and all the good guys all are. It's the, Nicola yeah, Koloff, all the dudes from like, Europe, right? Yeah. yeah, and you know, you know, Bruno is not going to want any part of this. No, so like, let's take him out completely. Because <laughs> do you no. think? Yeah. You no, know, do you think this would they at the time they would have gone with this like? what we now see as like the very Hollywood angle of like a big TV star, like coming in and like make a big hoopla of it or. Well, I don't think that. I mean, I don't think no. so. And, and they didn't, but I'm also like, you know, it's weird. It's very backwards in my head. Like you look at WWE from 1979 and it feels like a hundred years old, but mm. SNL had already been on for five years at this point. Yeah. And Taxi had already been on. So and Letterman's there like Andre the Giant had done Letterman. And it's like it's all right there, guys. It's yeah. in New York. It's like down the street. <laughs> what are you doing? Is It's also uh, that. At the time, you know, they thought that people that were watching really thought that it was, I mean, real almost mm -hmm. like you ha you don't have the characters yet that kind of really exaggerate well you do have exaggerated characters but not like i'm thinking like you know like flair and macho and those people right where it's like the exaggerated character that definitely probably doesn't live <laughs> a normal life but but you have these characters that could just be someone that you know at least how they portray like the right. uh, heroes and so to have a comedian come in and want to wrestle because otherwise like all the other celebrities that would come in they just came in as you know a cameo or like oh i'm here and then have a little moment but to have a tv star to come in and basically try to make it about them or like or get people together to help the bad guys get take over with uh and taking out the good guys it's like it's super interesting because it had because, yeah, if it hadn't been done yet, then you're kind of reinventing how the uh, <clears throat> how the celebrity integration and cameo in wrestling would work yeah. and how involved it would be or if it's a one time thing. And the other and also, thing. Go ahead. L let's be honest with uh, Andy Kaufman's. Uh, physique and uh, he's not the most uh, intimidating looking person to want to jump into a wrestling ring like obviously this has been a thing where actors want to you know get into their passion their first love that uh made them very passionate about the performing arts and and try to wrestle but some of these guys are like you know legitimate athletes or guys that have been in a gym before like you know Stephen Amell I guess Arquette would would fit in this. Uh, uh, certainly not in the beginning. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, Andy Kaufman seems uh, like a bit of a work, uh, a work in progress. If you're trying to get him in ring, like he definitely needs to uh, run the ropes uh, for a while before anybody would believably be like, oh, this guy could win a match. Right. So I mean, that's why I think you have to hide him in a multi-man tag. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it, 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 I mean, it would be really interesting because we have seen now what 
you know, a celebrity coming in and participating in wrestling where you have the, you know, the people that are uh, physically talented to do it or have trained, you know, like, hell, I was blown away by Bad Bunny at Mania. But yeah, and then you get <laughs> something like and then you get something like Snoop Dogg doing a splash off the top rope <laughs> and getting about 10 percent of it. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking the landing. Um, but if that hasn't been seen yet and you have a celebrity come in and suddenly get involved, it would definitely like the the kayfabe of is this real like this this person that we know on tv or that we've seen in interviews coming in and attacking someone like that would be that would be crazy to see for the first time instead of it being like oh this person's here hi wave to the crowd blah blah and they throw a punch you know right. instead it's like if kaufman like showed up at a show ran into the ring and started stomping on someone like that'd be wild to see at the yeah. time. Right. And to me, in my head, the ultimate payoff, obviously, is just him getting destroyed <clears throat> and looking at that <laughs> roster. There is nobody better to do it than Andre. Oh, yeah. Right. That'd be amazing. And, you know, mm. you don't need to be trained to just have Andre punch you and then sit on your chest. <laughs> like I think he can you know take an ass kicking in that regard and it may be a little more fun than when Andy got the pile driver like that felt I, everyone was like oh my god you know what I mean yeah this Jeez. might be a little more so I feel like you do a multi-man and however you want to stack the heel side there's a bunch of options and then a team baby face and Andre is the leader mm-hmm and Andre right. had also done a Letterman at that point and was already in the six million dollar man as Bigfoot, lest we forget. <laughs> um, oh, my. So, you know, he's not not a stranger to this. And then mm -hmm. I also go, you know, is the cast of Taxi ringside? Jeez. Is Tony <laughs> Danza saying, Andy, please don't do this? Like, that would be funny. now that would be I'm like, really invested. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What are you thinking? Do you think? <laughs> no, uh, do you think Kaufman this? gets gets his band of uh, heels together and they they make an appearance on Saturday Night Live together? I think <laughs> if not Saturday Night Live, definitely Letterman. Yeah. I mean, Andy Andy seemed to have the hey, come and do whatever you want clause with Letterman, and he's he's done much weirder on that show. <laughs> was, he even appeared yeah. with Freddie Blassie on the show. So I I, I mean I think that's. That's a definite. I was literally like uh, when we were planning on you coming onto the podcast, I was thinking, OK, he's going to pick something that's old. That's our day. And then I started thinking like, OK, what are some like tropes of like golden era wrestling? And yeah, like the having a wrestler appear on late night talk shows and uh, actually like uh, appear before an audience to present themselves as their character rather than just like talking as them and talking about the business or whatever, like them showing up and actually being their character and putting over the story and everything like that is an art that is well, obviously because 
kayfabe's dead um <laughs> but but that's a, a piece of wrestling that's lost now which is really interesting um yeah. and you could have that with have that line be blurred with kaufman bringing people uh and other wrestlers onto those shows and and putting it over because then people would go well that's Andy Kaufman talking. He's not being a character. So then are these people really trying to beat each other up? Right. And does and he even, really even if like this person's ass <laughs> and you knew you would still believe like Andre would, you know, kick someone's ass. He oh, was yeah. very like in peak Afro Andre at this yeah, stage, yeah. which is like, you know, <laughs> fantastic. And keep in mind only like three years later, Lou Albano would co-star in a movie called Wise Guys with Danny DeVito and Joe Piscopo. Oh, yep. And that's why there's a weird backstage interview with Danny DeVito and Roddy Piper. Yep. <laughs> because yeah. they would come see Lou and they were like, we love him. Like, this whole thing is crazy. So, you know, it's all of this seems like it could have happened logically, like just before it did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really interesting. Wow. So what are some of the key moments of this feud, uh, whether that be in media, uh, different stunts to set it up and to build tension? Like, what are what are we talking here? We talk we talk about these guys potentially showing up on Letterman. Yeah. Uh, what are some different things that can help us build the tension before Andy gets his chest caved in by Andre? So I, I also want to ask, uh, who do you think? is like Kaufman's main guy on the roster. What do you mean? Like, who does he immediately side with? Oh, is- Freddie Blassie, because he's okay. been friends with him. And then <clears throat> I think, you know, Freddie Blassie, who who is Freddie Blassie managing at that time? I have no clue. <laughs> You're probably uh, the best person. Be people, sometimes Hulk yeah. Hogan is heel Hulk Hogan good mid card muscle to protect Andy at the time. Maybe that's yeah. Yeah. Mm. Because then I think it's what 1982, maybe that they do the showdown at Shea and it's Hulk and Andre, the original Hulk and Andre mm. that no one ever <laughs> talks about. So I, I think that is very possible. I mm-hmm. think I just think a stable of Andy and heel managers and then Whoever else they're managing is almost irrelevant. Just like they're just there to take the bumps. Yeah. 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 Just the just their muscle while you have all the managers going out and just flapping their gums and yeah, (laughs) talking. That's very good. Yeah. No. So, you know, is it Andy and the Samoans and the Samoans do all the work and then Andy just gets in a few kicks? I think Andy appearing with every manager on the show as a lead up, like managing the managers, <laughs> you know, we just get a lot of heat. Yeah, that'd be good. Would he, would he like be a special guest at a show and then do the classic, like jump the barricade and be there? Or would he be special guest ringside or would it just be, why is Andy Kaufman running to the ring? <laughs> well, I think we start with that, that promo it's... with Vince yeah. <clears throat> that he actually did. Right. And it's like, what is this guy, you know, really being an asshole? 
And then, you know, the next time you interview Freddie Blassie, it's like, you know, I don't mind that Andy Kaufman. I think he's a nice young <laughs> yeah. kid. And, so and then the- that starts this thing. Yeah, and because so it's all also, built up. It's all built up in like interviews yes. and on TV rather than yeah. like at a live show. It's more just yeah, built in the, the, the in the promos. That's also the the problem with using celebrities there is that before this or like at this time, there's really no pay per views. There's no big event. There's yeah. no big blow off where you could say we're just using Mr. T until here. You yeah. know, there's all those. That's why the rock and wrestling kind of worked with them doing stuff with MTV and then them doing the first pay-per-view. You know, that big kind of whatever. So they yeah. would have to, I feel like, alter their model here. But it is very like weekly TV based. Mm-hmm. That kind of really promo heavy stuff. Yeah. Backstage interviews, the talk shows, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. So then you have a great chance for like everybody to do what they were best at, essentially. And it's putting over their muscle, talking shit about the good guys. And it would just be so interesting of getting Kaufman in because it would get weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's specifically with probably what he would say about other people or what right. the relationships would end up being. With and then these I managers. think you, you borrow from because in history, in the, the butterfly effect, if this happens, him and Lawler does not happen. Yeah. Right. So I think you do a Letterman appearance if Andre's on and Andy Kaufman, it comes out and throws water on Andre. Yeah. And Andre doesn't get to touch him at all because Andre is much slower. Now, at least we have a story a little more of, of, you know, Andre being slow and Andy getting away. (laughs) That'd be great. Throwing water in his face and then Andy just runs away as fast as possible. Because I also think outside of Memphis, Jerry Lawler was a very weird baby face. (laughs) If you weren't there and didn't know his story and didn't grow up with like, oh, Jerry Lawler was being there. He kind of does not look like a baby face. No. Yeah, there, I, I read something. I forget what it was. It was like in the height of Bret Hart being like the baby face is I think they did a show in Memphis and he faced Jerry yeah. Lawler. And it's like it was it, the, the article was titled like the one the one night heel turn of Bret Hart. Yes. It's <laughs> because he was that's in Memphis. very like <laughs> Memphis is almost like the original bizarro world where it's like Jerry is always the same way. Like Jacques Rougeau is always over in Montreal, no matter <laughs> you know what I mean? Whether he could be a terrible person. Yeah, they'll just, just like love him no matter what. <laughs> yeah. So I think Andre and Kaufman on Letterman is like. Mm hmm. The big one where it's like, okay, now we have to have a match. Would mm. would there then be a few weeks later or something like that where Kaufman would be a guest and then Andre would show up? I don't. I feel like he wouldn't. Yeah. Only because Andre's not like, oh, let's run out there and do this kind of guy. Yeah. You know, I would just rather see the heels be that. I would love like a you know, Letterman's desk and then like 20 chairs <laughs> and it's how, you know, Albano and it's Freddie Blassie yeah, and it's the grand wizard. And you're like, this is a mess. 
you know, and maybe and maybe they just rough it's, up the crew or do something ridiculous. It's like it's like one of them is the guest. And then like during the interview, they just each slowly start coming out one by one by one by one. Yeah. It's just like, hey, welcome in <laughs> Freddie Blassie. Hey, welcome in. And it just <laughs> they just keep and then like, chairs for like the first guest Letterman brought out was like, you know, I don't know, Jack Hanna from the zoo. You know what I mean? Just one yeah. regular guy and then yeah. just a big lot of wrestling managers. <laughs> yeah. Right. So basically your celebrity, the real celebrity guest is just getting slowly pushed out of the frame by all yes. of these incoming managers. Just, and he's you like, you just see like the shoulder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Oh, that's amazing. So we're so then, basically I do Go like ahead, the idea Marty. of what what Anthony said, which is something happens on Saturday Night Live. Because mm-hmm. that'd be very that'd be very funny. So this Even is nineteen seventy nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we have no Chevy, right? We've got Bill <laughs> and everybody I else. Who the, I forget who the cast of SNL. I also think, unfortunately, was. we're in we're in like full Blues Brothers mode at this point. Right. Yes. <laughs> so. I think Buck Henry is hosting a lot. Some of the it, it's real. <laughs> there's this Twitter account and I love it. It's called it's just called SNL hosts introducing musical acts. Yes. And it's so much better than that stupid clip of Daniel Craig introducing oh, the weekend. I, yes. I hate it. And this is the perfect answer to it. I love it's so good. But there it's really funny when you get when the old ones pop up and you see yeah. like they're like sitting in a chair and it's someone who's really old and you have no clue who they are and there's like everybody welcome and they say some crazy obscure 70s band. Yeah, that's back in the day where you're like, "Hey, I'm friends with this band. Can we have them on the show?" Yep. That kind of thing. But so, would, it, would it be someone as like someone from wrestling as the guest host and then something well, happens? I mean, or would it be who? someone comes in and interrupts yeah. and fights with cough? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think someone comes in because Andy, I think, is still a regular at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can't see Andre hosting. No. <laughs> The go on, Billy Preston. We'll be right back. Like I, I can't see that happening at all. Um, and I can't think of anyone else of that roster, babyface wise, who's like commercially viable, who you'd mm-hmm. want to put on TV in a no, non-wrestling. Yeah. Nor like Bruno would be even worse. Yeah. Oh my goodness. How about Vince McMahon? You know, Senior. Vince. <laughs> Vince did a thing for Letterman. And I, I want let me see what year it was, because this might help out. He was a correspondent for their like New Year's show with a New Year's baby that you're going to have to put a series mm-hmm. of links at the bottom of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Here is every reference RJ City makes in this episode. Uh, this is a annotated bibliography. <laughs> <laughs> let me yeah, see no, what year is on this. I'm looking at the roster and yeah, there's not really the only like it's just because there's no one that's like hyper famous enough that could possibly be like unless it is like a manager who people would know. But obviously Lou 
didn't get that kind of mainstream until Mania. Now, I will say Freddie Blassie did. Freddie Blassie was already Mm -hmm. friends with Regis at this point. Oh, okay. And lest we forget, Freddie Blassie was also once on an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show. How did we forget? Right, Anthony? When he was was a wrestler, his his main territory was L.A. Okay. Uh, So he was very much in with that kind of crew. I think he had certain connections at the time. Oh, okay. Let me see if I can find the year on this. He report, wow. Vince McMahon reported on the New Year's baby. I don't know why this isn't talked about enough. Oh, New Year's Eve, 1985. So that's even way after. Oh, wow. Well, wow. Yeah. Shit. <sighs> it's amazing that Freddie Blassie uh, walked so that Dwayne the Rock Johnson could run. <laughs> uh, lest we forget, um, Freddie Blassie had a best selling uh, single top in the charts. You Wait, pencil really? neck geek. Yeah, like wow. all before, and that's why it's just like I don't know. Some people was like, "Oh, you know, The Rock did this, or it's mainstream." And so you know, it's so cool that wrestlers are releasing music now. I'm like, this is not new, yeah, right, at yeah. all. <laughs> this is quite typical. It's something I guess they should do. So, oh my, um, be multi talented. Yes. So, so Crazy. maybe, maybe Hulk is a heel here, right? Because he didn't do much of anything except take orders from Freddie Blassie. Mm-hmm. So Freddie Blassie could make an appearance uh, on SNL with Hulk, I suppose. And yes. that's a uh, that's just like carny enough for uh, possibly them to, <laughs> to for them to make an impact, I guess. I think uh, what you would do is do the old the old SNL thing where they're doing an impression. Say John Belushi is doing oh, a okay, Freddie yeah. Blassie doing the impression, and then the real yeah. person comes out. Yeah, That'd and then great. he's all upset about it because he's <laughs> down the hall. Like that's all. NBC was always like it, they made it seem like every single show was shot right next door to each other. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That'd be perfect, actually. And then. Oh yeah, that'd be really funny. What? So okay, so, so he's just he's huffing and puffing, and he's like going towards the the stage setup, and he's like, yes. Oh. <laughs> and I think there's a little me. hint of of the uh, you know, and you really don't even need Andy Kaufman here. Hmm. Uh, but I think there's a little bit of that. Remember on Fridays when Andy Kaufman got into the whole thing with Michael Richards and they threw the cue cards and they made it seem like yes. it was real, but it wasn't. Oh, yes. I think there'll be a little bit <laughs> of like Freddie ripping up the cue cards and yeah, you know, threatening would, Don Pardo, that kind of thing. Yeah. Would, would so, okay. So Freddie Blassie comes in and is like, you're making a joke of me. Would then, yeah. would, would, <laughs> would, a joke it, of me. would it then be like, uh, Hey, look, I'm sorry. Like it's, it's nothing personal or would or would he just keep ribbing him? And then Hogan would come in and like throw, <laughs> throw him through like a fake wall or something. <laughs> That's the real question. Would John Belushi sell for Freddie Blassie? That's what we really need to think about here. So maybe not. I think, uh, yeah, maybe John Belushi isn't the right choice there. But if it's a maybe there's Buck Henry. 
I think a Buck Henry would sell for Freddie Glassie. He can get thrown around. Maybe that's the better. Now we're just this turned into booking an episode of SNL. (laughs) (laughs) But that's okay, you know. Uh, We have to we have to build up all of the surroundings of this big match. Of this is just the one and done. Yes. Um, (laughs) So I think if it's Buck Henry and maybe Hulk is played by John Belushi. Okay. Maybe that's better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, but I think John John would bump. I think John oh, would I'm be sure. a pretty good bumper. Yeah. If it if it was if it was a a wild bit of like something super exaggerated, and it's just yeah. like getting thrown through like a paper wall or something like that, or like light <laughs> yes. plaster or whatever, that'd be yes. really fun. It'd be super interesting because it'd be like, do you sell it as like a comical bit? because yeah it's snl or would he or would you sell it as like it's really real (laughs) and like then all of a sudden like the the uh tv crew like come in and are like john are you okay (laughs) yes i think i think you do both i think you sell it as a comedy bit and then like freddie blassie doesn't stop Mm -hmm. and like as the as they do those old pan outs to go to break you see him like deck a shadowy stage hand Okay. <laughs> Just see this was a Laura Lauren was still there, right? Or was he Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he so, was also yeah. firmly I think he would always do that thing when he tried to get the Beatles on the show. Right. <laughs> you just see you just see him like they do that panda, you just see him like throw up his hands. Yes. <laughs> I would I would love to know what Lorne yeah. We should get his opinion on these kind of things because oh, he there was up. no wrestling crossover because by the time Hogan and Mr. T hosted, he was gone. Right. That was in like that Billy Crystal, Martin Short, Christopher Guest all star year because they thought right. they were going to just end the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Who is then? Who well, then was the first wrestler on SNL after that? After that? Yeah. Oh my God! I feel like we go a really long I time. Think so yeah, I, must have either is it been the Rock. Like, is it WrestleMania yeah. 2000? Is it that long? Because that seems like insane. That's crazy. I mean, but that's that's the thing with wrestling in the mainstream culture. It's like, yeah, it it was so it was so there in during the first manias, and then yeah, just. Totally it's not not it, happening it just, at all. No, it just became a niche thing. So interesting. Yeah. Anyways, do you here think I that thought here? I legitimately this, thought that this episode was going to be wild and weird and kooky. <laughs> this is so interesting because <laughs> it's a really fun look at at like golden era wrestling and like how you tell a story when you can't do weekly or well, you are doing weekly stuff, but like you're not doing like, like telling a story uh, in little segments here and there with big payoffs. It's like, you got to tell a story to really make it seem as though it is real. And you're trying to do that via getting it in front of people's eyes who aren't watching it live in a arena. So yeah, right. Super interesting. And yeah, before the internet of being able to uh, just like instantly send promos and like 
segments and clips from shows to each other, to your group chats, to whatever, <laughs> to be like, oh, look at this person. Look what's happening. A celebrity just showed up here. Like, no, there's no real way to talk about it unless you're just word of mouthing it with all, like your friends. And, you know, you're ca- you're calling somebody being like, guess what? Andy Kaufman just brought out all of the heel managers. You have to watch Letterman. Right. Yes. <laughs> you need to Which I think is the right value now. of him him building this little heel army that so just went cool. out so and that cut they promos can, everywhere. Yeah, they can basically just spread the word by crashing uh, all of these programs. And, of course, the, the king of Hollywood, Freddie Blassie, just continuing to make appearances. And, so, yeah. <laughs> so then, okay, so we've built up this, like, heel stable of shit talkers, essentially. <laughs> um, <laughs> what then incites the actual match because you know it's like if it's if it's these group of guys who are basically saying that they're better they're the best whatever um go and going around improving it by you know attacking <laughs> random people well, um, I who think, make fun of them but like i think is it, uh andre comes on letterman mm-hmm. and they're like so what's been going on with this andy Kaufman? what do you think about this guy and you know whatever i think he's you know a piece of shit. Stick around, Billy Preston. Um, and then, and then he's a Andy, big doo head. <laughs> Andy, yeah. Andy comes and and you know throws the water on him, mm-hmm. and then storms off. And then I think Andre says, you know, whatever. You bring your friends, I'll bring mine. Mm-hmm. And then like that's that. And then of course they would have to. That's like the launching pad. And then a, probably another month's worth of weekly TV to fill in the blanks. And right. say, look what happened on, you know, Letterman. And it's like, Andre, like, what, what did you mean? And it's like, well, we're going to have a, you know, tag match. This is who I want. And then he'll unveil his team. Interesting. Yeah, I think that I think that that's a good, like, inciting incident to then. Yeah, it's it's the throw the water on the face and run like a scared little kid. And then because the, the yeah. Andy Kaufman Lawler thing always seemed kind of backwards. Right. You know, they they did the match and then they did the stuff on Letterman. Yeah, yeah. Which was a little like, Wah. you know, because well, this feels like, oh, did it lead, now I really want to see. This. Did it lead to any like, because obviously, well, yeah, it, it led it, to it, more it, more Memphis stuff. But that's also like really in a bubble, especially away from New York. Right. Right. Interesting. Huh. What we've really understood here is that people from Memphis don't watch Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> and that they did not have a profound effect on celebrities making appearances in wrestling and in the in the mainstream wrestling scene. No. <laughs> yeah, because you're right, because what should have sparked it off was Andy Kaufman talking shit about Lawler and Lawler slapping him and then Andy right. wanting a match. <laughs> and then that would have been the whole thing. And so now it's yeah. So then the way that we're doing it is that is that uh, after Kaufman sort of gets involved with all these heels, then Andre is like, I don't like him. He comes out, throws water <laughs> in his face. And then Andre's like, all right, fine. I'll 
beat you up. <laughs> you pick your team. I'll pick mine. Yeah. You embarrassed me on live TV. He's he's supposed to be a, this uh, undefeatable, insurmountable force. And this small man just dumped water right in his face. He's probably wearing a giant, uh, like, <laughs> uh, like furry uh, white dress shirt. And he's just like, oh, <laughs> and, so and I think that is is, is really a nice, a so, nice picture to see. So who is the uh, face team with Andre? Well, I say I, so Andre. Ivan Putsky. <laughs> Let me see who else is here. Let me look it up. Um, you got, I mean, you got Duggan. You got DiBiase. Is that senior? I, yeah, it, it might. It may be. So you have Andre there. They have to be managed by Arnold Scoland, who was like the only babyface manager like okay. ever. Um, <laughs> Who do you have? Do you have you have Haystacks Calhoun? <laughs> do you want I mean, do you want him on the team? You already have Andre. You have one. Well, I mean, if if the My whole God. thing is going to be Andre putting together a team, would Andre put together a team of just like the biggest guys mm, or the best? I feel guys? like Andre Ivan Putsky. <laughs> then maybe either Chief J Strongbow or Peter Maivia. Right. Because I think wow. you need somebody to like just deliver chops to managers who don't want to bump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, we're we're really taking um we're really taking into account representation in uh, the 1979. <laughs> but it was like here. that was a very like New York thing, you know. That was mm-hmm. like the yeah, bustling, you know, all like every the immigrant community was there. Yeah. Um, and then so who else? This is this Pat is a Patterson? team. Uh, Maybe not. This is Seems a team like of, a... of every man's of of the of the working Americans. Of, yes. Uh, if, if there's anything, you if can there's turn on there... TV and you're like, oh yeah, that's <laughs> yes. me. All right. <laughs> if there's anything that I've heard someone call Andre the Giant is that he is the every man. <laughs> yes, he is a an giant man, giant blue collar. <laughs> so I would say. Andre, um, Ivan Putsky, Chief J Strongbow, and then do I say just Peter Maivia? I think yeah, Peter right. Maivia. Yeah, let's put him on there. There's there's no Rocky Johnson at this time. I don't think so. No. Then the only other I would have put him in there. The only other people are are that I would say are all people that kind of I don't think would be involved with this. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. looking at Bob Bachlin. Uh, Harley Race, Jim Duggan. I'm just like, would they care? <laughs> yeah, no, I see a bunch of people no. on this roster saying no to this. <laughs> sure. So I think that's, so that's good. who I would say they'd be managed uh, by Arnold Skoland. And then we have Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. Jimmy and Johnny Valiant. And, um, Hulk Lou. Hogan. Uh, Lou, yeah, okay, Lou, so it's a five-man team? Could be five on four. Andre's two guys. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Lou Albano yeah. And, and Hulk Hogan. Heel Hulk Hogan, which is, uh, you know, exciting to think about. I also love how 
he looks with the Valiant. I'm like, this looks like mm-hmm. a team, a group. And then you have yeah. Andy. <laughs> Stands out. And does does Andy <laughs> does he try to dress up like the rest of his team? Because I think so. I think we get get away from to be a the, part of it. The thermal era <laughs> of Andy Kaufman's <laughs> yeah here. I think he can be a little crazier here, and it's probably a little more fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> wearing his friggin'. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine yeah. him in because what what did he he had like a white t shirt and like a single arm singlet or whatever. Oh yeah, maybe put him in like the little like Andre. Remember when Bobby Heenan used to wear like the Andre one strap? Yeah. Yes. I think something like that. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Except for he's uh bleached his hair blonde and he's uh Yes. And big <laughs> Whatever glasses is left. and yeah, big glasses. <laughs> yeah. And I also think Oh my God, there's plenty of, once those teams are announced, the babyface team, like there's plenty of material for the heel managers and Andy mm-hmm. to just cut weekly promos on. That's so awesome. and then it's also easy to fill in that TV with like, you have the Valiants against Peter Maivia and Chief J Strongbow, yeah. you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. And Putsky yeah. against Heel Hogan or whatever. And then you can have spots where uh the different managers are with them or then Kaufman like makes an appearance or something and like yeah. maybe Kaufman gets involved in a match Andre comes out and chases him off <laughs> right right yeah that there's more than enough stuff there and also anytime like those managers were all over that show mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so let's let's talk about the the match itself and some of the <laughs> spots that we'll see uh yeah or, or just the spot that we'll see, um, which is basically the end of the match. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess you kind of kind of got to work backwards in a sense where you're like, you need, you know, the final minute. It's just say, Andy. F- we we have booked 50 episodes and booked 50 dream matches and feuds and stuff and this is the first time we have an actual wrestler oh wow who we're just like we're just fans where we go oh this is how we think a match would be put together (laughs) and now we have someone who actually like knows how to put together a match (laughs) well i do and and logically i mean i and i don't think it's Mm. that Great. And I know it sounds like it's so mysterious, but it's not. It's like, you know, writing any kind of story. You yeah. have the characters and then you, you know where you want to go, which is, you know, the, maybe the last minute of mm-hmm. Andy finally getting getting it from everyone like boom, 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 boom. And then Andre. And it's just like the Andre special of couple punches, big headbutt, bullshit in the corner. And, you know, that just kind of he'll just ram his ass into you in the corner and then (laughs) finally like sits on him. Does Kaufman tag himself in or does someone tag? Is everybody else down and someone tags Kaufman and then he's forced to go in? He's forced to go in. I think it finally happens like by accident. Mm hmm. Where it's it's. He doesn't realize you know, he's the last let's man. Say it's, it's Johnny. Let's say it's Lou Albano and he was getting his ass beat. And then finally at the end, like Ivan Putski punches him and Lou Albano stumbles 20 feet and goes back into the <laughs> corner, but tags Andy as he does it. Yeah. And it's like that moment is like just huge. Right. And everyone's yeah. like, 
and either he hard ways in, which I can't see him taking, or, you know, he goes to leave yeah. and then you have the babies on the outside who throw him in and it's, mm-hmm. you know, the begging off yeah. the on the knees and whatever. And then he turns around and it's just like, you know, one shot, two shot, three shot. And then just like Andre. Yeah. So when you when you go from there and you have that whole ending, which is probably now three to five minutes, <laughs> it suddenly got much longer when I'm thinking yeah. about like, you know, you also want to say and you don't especially then and with this, you would never want to like lose a pop. Right. You know, so that tag is a big but that's like 10 seconds there. Yeah, it's a big you start adding it up, it gets really long. Because so, through the match, you could have moments where either Kaufman clearly doesn't tag himself in and right. it's that sort of thing or he tags himself in does like a a kick or two yes. or a stomp or something runs. and then quickly yeah. leaves <laughs> if andre if there's finally a little heat on andre and and he tags in and just kind of kicks andre in the ass while yeah. he's on his hands and knees and then runs out that's just like the best and, and so it's finally that moment of like everybody yes kaufman has to get into the ring yeah yeah so then i think you have to have then maybe andre so you do a thing where kind of the babies have to shine in the beginning Mm -hmm. that kind of little like you know if it's peter maivia and jimmy valiant they have to do a little thing so you know peter gets his stuff in and blah 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 blah. you know everyone gets to like it's like the opening curtain everyone comes out and like everybody gets their their thing yeah they do that and then there's maybe a mini heat on Andre and he tags into, you know, like a Peter Maivia or an Ivan Putski. Putski takes like the bigger heat. And then, you know, Andy can do his stuff. And then he finally gets in with Lou, who, you know, is is not bumping. This is all based around people not bumping like Andy and Lou, just (laughs) not being physically able to take bumps. And then that one shot in the corner of like, oh, my God, we finally got him. Yeah, and, the then we go. and also like there's so much if you have Freddy on the outside and you have the Grand Wizard on the outside like and Arnold Skolin like you know oh, yeah. everyone gets <laughs> punched like, you have like five or six people on the outside <laughs> yeah like a real real mess similar to the first Wrestlemania where you know Bob Orton was out there mm-hmm. and Muhammad Ali was the uh, outside enforcer that whole thing <laughs> So then don't forget the cast of Taxi as well. Yeah. So I think are Christopher just, Lloyd are they, are, is the cast of Taxi supporting Andy Kaufman or just booing him? <laughs> no, I think they're like finally they've been pleading with him and they finally turn their backs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think maybe there's a, you know, a moment of Tony Danza ripping off his Andy Kaufman shirt. <laughs> oh. I was thinking it cuts, oh, to, no. it cuts to them and it's like here's the cast of Taxi in support of Andy Kaufman and one of them's just like just looking hard yes. at the camera just like <laughs> yes. thumbs down and, you know, just, just the most disappointed Judd Hirsch yeah. ever <laughs> oh that'd be funny alright so yeah okay so then everybody gets their stuff in obviously the Valiants and uh, Hogan yeah. are taking a lot of bumps <laughs> Working all a lot. Everybody getting all their stuff in until the end. in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, this is very this is prime punch kick era. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> and then, yeah, Lou, 
<laughs> Lou gets in there, takes a couple, falls back, accidentally tags Kaufman in, who's been avoiding <laughs> it the entire match. Yeah. And yeah. he tries to run away. The good guys grab him, throw him in. Maybe, may, and perhaps maybe it's even Judd Hirsch. Oh, maybe oh, it's the king in the ring. He tries yeah. to jump the railing. The cast yeah. just throws Ever the back. moral compass, Judd Hirsch. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you've been talking such a big game. Yeah. You've been wanting to be a wrestler, so go be a yeah. wrestler. This is the teachable moment in. at the end of the yeah. episode. Beautiful. And then he's in the ring and he looks up and who is there in the center but Andre. And he's yeah, like, no, I no, think no. I think he can do the old <laughs> who's behind me routine. Who can yeah, this yeah, be? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he, he, gets he gets thrown back in by the good guys. He turns around to ye yell at them and be like, wait, yeah, yeah. Who, who do you think you are? And he backs up and he, yeah, he does the cartoon like and, touches and, his and face. as he's dealing, as <laughs> yeah. he's pleading with Andre, the other three babies come in behind him. He goes to leave, you know, maybe he just he shakes Andre's hand or tries to pat him and be nice and goes to leave. He turns around and it's boom, boom, boom. And then Andre, Andre. <laughs> yeah, you know, holds this for like five minutes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And then boom, one of those giant awkward punches. <laughs> and then we get the finish. And he sells it like crazy. Yeah. yeah. Andy Kaufman uh, truly dies in the ring. Uh, yes <laughs> and disappears forever <laughs> that'd be wild the big yeah, well, I mean, he would have to get i think stretcher it out for sure oh yeah oh yeah great yeah, that, yeah the crowd would love that <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just oh, cheering beautiful. for the paramedics <laughs> and then the leaving a concerned judd hirsch alone in the ring saying what have i done have yeah. i gone too far you know <laughs> oh you my have, you have <laughs> Andre go ringside and Tony Danza like lifts up his arm. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, hey, don't forget about Jeff Conaway, who totally <laughs> slipped my mind. <laughs> oh boy. Well, there we go. That oh. is, I guess, then the feud of how many people? <laughs> Essentially, if Andy Kaufman came into the WWF in at yeah. the end of the 70s. Yeah, so. basically everybody but Bruno, who I like mean. definitely took the night off and it's like, call me when you're in Pittsburgh. Like, I don't need this <laughs> shit. Yeah, exactly. That's great. I love that. It was super interesting. Just being just actually like having a very interesting, deep discussion about like that era of wrestling and like what it was to be like a manager and a character. And like, yeah, that was, that was really cool. I yeah. like that a lot. And I think we got a really amazing what if scenario uh, of sort of what if the WWF just went all in on their first big celebrity feud. Well, and it's, and it's not even to. it's not even like this huge leap. It's just like, what if Vince Singer said yes? Yeah. <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Like, yeah, that would have been it. And then because... and then, you know, you can butterfly it where you're like, does WrestleMania even happen five years later? Doesn't seem so special now. You know, yeah. well, because it's like, I guess I don't know, because, you know, I, I, I don't know how many celebrities at the time were talking about wrestling. But if Kaufman was like the first person to sort of publicly be like, like, I want to be involved with wrestling uh, as a celebrity, 
and like then that's that's really interesting of what then would happen later would other wrestler or would other celebrities be like oh no i i'm a fan of wrestling i want to get involved right or is this too this, much for everyone yeah, right or, or people like no thanks <laughs> yeah so let's just let's assume that it takes off that everyone is like wow andy did a marvelous job but you know i think i could take on andre the giant or andre's friends what celebrities of that era would then step into the ring and be like give me a I, shot i can't see any other celebrities really willing to be heel yeah, like that. So I true, see them, true. you know, as babyface. I see maybe, maybe there's a Jimmy Valiant Tony Danza feud. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, because you because obviously most of the celebrities would at the time would want to present themselves as, you know, the likable person that you'd then tune into their show or listen right. to their music or anything like yeah. that while you'd need someone who truly like Kaufman would put himself completely into the character of being the bad guy um, and want to act that way rather than like the celebrity that was slowly becoming what we know today as like the personality that like is an influential person. Yeah. Mm rather than like fully committing to whatever role you have. I'm sure there would be other people eventually that would be like interested in that down the road. But most, yeah, most of them would want to be like the hero yeah. and likable. So very interesting. It's interesting. It's cool. I love that's really, really interesting. I thought you were RJ. I thought you were going to bring some wacky ass shit into this, but <laughs> well, I mean, it was a little wacky, but it was, it was a little wacky. grounded yeah. wackiness. We did mention, I think, Judd Hirsch a lot. <laughs> and I think that may be a first for a wrestling podcast. I'm not sure. Uh, we'll have to check the stats on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guarantee you. If you type in like, yeah, Judd Hirsch wrestling podcast and you see something else that comes up, I guarantee you I was the guest on that. Show. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I guess oh, then geez. we have to ask the audience, you know, how would you have booked the first sort of big celebrity appearance into wrestling? Um, who would it be? Would they be a big heel? Would it be a big face? You know, who who do you think should have been? that groundbreaking first in professional wrestling merging celebrity Hollywood to wrestling. So let us know. Even in the from, you know, just the cast of taxi. Yeah. There's, I think there's a lot of options. <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> That's great. Well, um, so we don't have a question of the, or yeah, we don't have a question of the week segment. We wanted to do something a bit different because we have RJ Yes. And RJ is very well known for his dry humor. Is it? I'll say. <laughs> Can you even just I whatever? Okay, fine. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> is it like a? I want to be uh, called. I want to be called a humorist because it means I'm not that funny. Like I don't. The expectation is lower. I love. I love the term humorist. It's so like great. fucking right. the, like Dave Barry. Do you know that guy? <laughs> He's like a uh, humorist. Maybe. I don't. Dave Barrett. 
Um, but so, oh my God, Anthony, <laughs> you have uh, a lot yes. of are there. It's like who would win matchups? Uh, yeah, I've got um, basically from my uh, wrestling group chat, which is uh, a a strange mishmash of comedians and uh, the siblings of comedians. Uh, Amazing. This Do is... I know? Can you list off who the comedians are? I'm interested now. Of course, of course. So uh, they pitched um, in the group chat a bunch of uh, fantasy. <laughs> matchups for rj to uh rate yes. and uh for him to comment on so some of these comedians uh include colin sharp of the sketchersons uh matt mccready and his brother ty McCready. yes we've got kyle scott and uh we've got paul jp and all of them have uh, submitted very uh <laughs> odd matches for <laughs> rj to uh analyze or get adjudicate his, uh, we also had yes. we also had uh, <laughs> a, a fun one that I would be I I have no clue how it would be by the uh, uh, the one and only Nug Nargang of Repo uh, Man versus Cursor Cursef. Yes, I know. Did, who you, Repo, did you see my? Did you see who my response? Yeah, you said that match would be a smash, <laughs> and I'll tell you why, Martin, because that's all the same person. That's funny. I did not <laughs> know Repo that. Repo Man, Crusher Khrushchev, and also became Smash from Demolition. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, oh, so I, know who I know who Repo Man is. I just yeah. didn't know. Okay, that's really funny. Yes. All the same man. There we All go. Right. That's almost uh, like you. we should book that one next, Anthony. That would be our next big Mick Foley yeah. fighting himself three ways. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that, that's be... a, one of our most popular episodes where we just truly have a meltdown and book Mick Foley fighting all of his gimmicks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, let's get to these these uh, yeah, let's... dream quote unquote dream matches. Dream matches. Well, uh, I've got one from Colin Sharp, uh, which is apt given uh, the nickname that I uh, received at the beginning of this episode. Uh, it is Ludwig Borga versus yes. Kozlov. Kozlov? Oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. I want to hear this cold in the back so badly. <laughs> Both of them, you know, Ludwig Borga is kind of like a bad news Brown in a sense where he was so legit that he could legitimately just say no to anything and I'm not going to, you know, whatever. Kozlov, my understanding, is bigger than uh, Ludwig Borga. Mm -hmm. And is bigger and definitely more athletic. But I don't think there would be a lot of suplexes without any assistance in this match. Wow. This would very quickly, I think, turn into a shoot match. <laughs> but I would give the edge to Kozlov. Yes, I think Kozlov is just bigger and moves more quickly. And then I think during this match is when Ludwig starts to think about a career in politics. <laughs> Beautiful. Our next match uh, comes from the comedian uh, Paul JP. And mm -hmm. he uh, is wondering what his uh, fantasy booking of PCO versus WCW Robocop would be like. <laughs> Oh my god. I think at some point <laughs> Robocop would go 
enough. Like, <laughs> yeah, like finally, you would see the breaking point of Robocop. Oh, Jesus. Going, this is so ridiculous. I respect you. You are not human. Neither am I. And then I think at the end, they do a respect handshake and then take apart the, the metal of the ring and make balloon animals out of them. <laughs> like twist them into different shapes because they're both good at bending metal for I some reason. Thought, I always thought you True. said they would have a respected handshake in the middle of the ring and then just a heavy makeout session. <laughs> <laughs> and then I respect you. you. Yeah. I respect you. Yeah. I respect you. All right. And coming down another uh, silly, uh, silly, silly train of thought. Uh, we've got... <laughs> Undertaker and fake Undertaker versus Kane and fake Kane. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Oh my God. Well, you know, Kane always had those lifts and then in his boots, and then they fake Kane had like double the lifts and they looked like yeah. he was walking around in like high heels. She had like pumps. It was very like Spice Girls of him. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to give the edge to uh the undertakers the undertaker family because they also had such close ties with leslie nielsen who famously looked for the missing undertaker uh, during that SummerSlam. i remember those videos and this was all sponsored by domino's and then undertaker delivers him a domino's pizza while he's not looking on his desk and I believe the line Beautiful. is pizza. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I think because of that, that Leslie Nielsen kind of thing, I think we give them the edge. Beautiful. They have a stronger bond and, with Leslie. And finally, Nielsen. I, <laughs> I have a, uh, according to uh, Matt's brother, Ty, Matt McCready's uh, dream match is Vince McMahon. <laughs> Versus New Jack in a staple face match. Oh, oh my God. Someone's going <laughs> to die. <laughs> wow. I was frightened. I think I was almost on a show with New Jack once. I was just frightened at the idea. Like, I wasn't wrestling him. I was just, <laughs> just, just frightened at the idea. There. I was just like, I don't need that tension in the locker room. <laughs> um, <laughs> Oh my God. I think he'll have to, I think New Jack would come out with like the double wide shopping cart, like the Costco mm. one. Yeah. Oh boy. You know what I mean? You're like, oh <laughs> shit. There's a, there are a lot of items a in here. On yeah. weapons. <laughs> um, he, re- I, he really took advantage of his yearly membership in that one go of just buying lawn equipment and stationery. <laughs> yes. But this is a, you said a staple face match. That's correct. It's a staple face match. And I think what he would do to bring it all around, he would staple a missing poster of the missing undertaker to uh, <laughs> Vince's face. And then Leslie oh. Nielsen would walk by and go, what? And then that would start the whole process all over again. Oh my goodness. And then it would be oh, a Groundhog actually, Day. <laughs> yeah, I, I did I did forget there was one suggestion that uh, could be very near and dear to RJ's heart. Um, who would win in a battle royal between Ooh. 
the Golden Girls. Yes. Um, oh yeah, that was when I, I that was when I saw. I have always, and I feel like I've answered this question before. B was, you know, the tallest, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I, I think the heaviest. If not, then then Rue, maybe underneath her. But she was definitely the tallest. I I want to give her the edge, also because you know we always forget this when we talk about Golden Girls wrestling. Sophia is her mother, and I think you don't want to see your child lose. And I think you would take one for the team. Right. Uh, so I and when push comes to shove, when it is every gal for herself, I don't think Rose or Blanche have a leg to stand on in, in that scenario. And you also have, you know, you know, Stan is going to get involved. The wonderful yep. Herb Edelman <laughs> will be doing a run in. So I think the the deck is really stacked in Dorothy's favor. A distraction. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then wait a beautiful. minute at the end. Uh, this is so beautiful. Just like at the end of the Golden Girls, she marries Leslie Nielsen. Did you I did, put Leslie, a bow on this or what? Leslie Nielsen oh, doesn't find the Undertaker, but he does find love. Right. The, the real Undertaker was inside us all along. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Full circle. Yeah. Coming around. We've done it. That was great. We have done it. So to close out the episode, as always, we do give a match recommendation to our listeners and watchers for a match that we want them to check out, whether it's something that we think is really important, really fun, weird or whatever. RJ, what match would you recommend people go and watch? Either your favorite, something of yours, if you want to do that, or <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I figured. Since, or just since I've talked important. about, since I've talked about enough old stuff this year or this show, I will recommend a match from like this a year. year, which is incredibly weird. Oh. Yes. Um, and oh. I, to me, RJ it's talking about my match of the year. Best. Not that I ever have such a list, but. It's Steve Carino versus his son, Colby Carino. You can find it on YouTube. Okay. Steve basically came out of retirement for it. And it's wow. in a it, it's in a, a small gym. It's an indie show, but it's amazing. Especially, you know, there were not audiences for the majority of this year. Yeah. And a lot of those matches is just difficult for me to watch. Mm-hmm. This one had, you know, people there and was just it's like a small crowd, intimate show, but it's on YouTube. It's like it's great. It's great. And I think it should be on everyone's like do seek it out list because I was like, oh, wow, this is good stuff. Was it was it with any specific promotion or? Yeah, I mean, let me let me look it up and give the full <laughs> credence. Uh I'm just the curious big time when, I, showed up. when I go and find it and link it and everything. Yeah, if you if you put in Steve Carino versus Colby Carino, it is from PWF Crystal Coast Oceanic Championship. Ooh, um, wow. Yeah, P, PWF. And they're they're on YouTube. I don't know what PWF stands for. I guess I'm going to have to click on it. Based out of Crystal Coast, North Carolina. Premier Wrestling Federation. Okay. I want to say. Wow. Uh, yeah. All right. It's it's a doozy. It is a lot of father and son. You know, Harry Chapin should have done 
the ring announcing. Let me put it that way. Beautiful. I'm definitely gonna have to go yeah. watch it now. Yeah, it's really sure. good. Awesome. Well, RJ, Jesus, thank you so much for coming <laughs> on the show. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. I hope I that expected, worked for everyone. I expected craziness, and uh, and I was pleasantly surprised by, uh, honestly, a really fun grounded interesting discussion about like golden era wrestling i am grounded just not in this year <laughs> i don't think any of us are to be perfectly yeah. honest <laughs> to be fair yes but, uh but yes, oh my uh, goodness yeah thank you for joining us on our 50th episode uh this is Woo! a cool milestone for us uh and uh it is very special to have you on so of course oh, yes if if you want to plug anything um, in your socials and whatnot, go right ahead. Uh, but you can buy my coffee at rootlesscoffee.com. Yes. Uh, YouTube, whatever. you'll put links on things, right? Oh, yeah. I especially go, click, love, go look and browse and click. As a as a trading card fan myself, I highly enjoy watching you open just the most. Just these absolutely ridiculous random <laughs> trading can cards I, that I've never heard Can I give you a little sneak life. peek of, um, I haven't opened yet, something I found? Sure. Yes, of course. My brother found it and gave it to me. This is a WCW um, Crazy Planet. It's got bubblegum, three mega stickers, and two uh, bubblegum balloons with stickers and one tattoo oh this is gonna be good wcw and it's not even look at the picture of it he hasn't sting hasn't even completed the headlock on goldberg <laughs> says his arm around <laughs> is that's the most wcw thing ever just this <laughs> least no heroic pose <laughs> so i guess i guess i can't ask this because it'll just it'll, you'll just have to watch our day's video are you gonna eat the bubble gum yeah, I always eat the bubblegum. Oh, man. Yes. And that's that will be the most recent bubblegum I've ever eaten doing. Oh, because wow. I've been eating like Whoa. Welcome Back Cotter bubblegum. Oh, you know? I'm going to have to watch that. Oh, my God. It tastes it tastes like a PBS station. Like, that's how old it is. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my gosh. But yes, go follow. Woo. RJ on all the socials. We'll link to those. Of course, yes. RJ City. Yes. One on Twitter. Yes. And then one day you might even see me wrestle. Who knows? Maybe we'll see. Well, we hope so. Uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you again uh, to our listeners, to RJ, to Martin, of course, who does all of the stuff on the back end. He runs the Book of Vince uh, Twitter account. Um, and if you hate anything you that we tweet out, everybody, it's because of me. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, Sorry, thank you Sean to, Ross Sapp. Uh, <laughs> hey. Uh, <laughs> and of course, thank you to anyone who's been listening for the past year. Uh, you know, to get us to 50, that's awesome. And really excited for 2022. So we'll see you in the new let's year. Let's get some more. Uh, yeah, let's uh, get some more wrestlers on. Let's get some more amazing guests on. And let's keep overbooking feuds. Hell Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, if you want to follow anything that we do here at Unknown Era, our live streams, our gaming videos, or our other series and whatnot, you can do so by looking us up at UE underscore films. You can follow myself personally on Twitter and Instagram at Barton underscore Menet. You can also follow Anthony Hall. 
at Hall and Jokes on Instagram and Twitter. And of course, you can follow the podcast on Twitter, our live tweets, uh, promoting other stuff, interacting with fun people online at Book Events Pod. Thank you very much for listening and are watching. Keeping excellent. Go watch some wrestling and we'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Phew.